G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. A real concern, uh, no matter whether you are planning to vote yes or no in the upcoming voice referendum. The challenging thing beyond the vote might lead us to talk about what hope there is for the reconciliation process in Australia. David Robertson is director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. Back with us. David, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, it's good to be back with you and nice to have you back from holiday and also great to hear that you've got Andrew Browning on. He's one of my heroes. That'd be so worth listening to. He is one of our national heroes and every time I get a chance to talk to Andrew, it is just a a real treasure. Hey, uh, reconciliation, this is going to be what we'll just unpack a few thoughts on over these coming minutes. Uh, Some might be thinking, uh, what is reconciliation? Is it the pursuit of peace and harmony? How do you think of reconciliation, David? Well, reconciliation, maybe the best way to think about it is when if you've got two people who are estranged. So, I mean, I've seen this in my ministry where you maybe have a man and a woman who are married and who've broken up and are about to get divorced. And yet they are able to be genuinely reconciled. Sometimes that happens and it's wonderful when it does. Um, When you've got two enemies, people who are fighting each other and... uh, they're able to be reconciled. And I think reconciliation is a, is a great need for us all. I think it's a very deep word. I think it's a very profound biblical word. And it's a wonderful concept. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I, you know, the Bible speaks of Christ reconciling all things to himself. And I think that ultimately reconciliation comes only through Christ. But it, it's used in lots of ways. There are reconciliation committees and, and so on. But I, for me, it's a beautiful concept. It is a beautiful concept, and as I was talking just recently on this program, it's got a biblical concept to it as well, and perhaps it's a Christian word. Uh, So when it is used in a process uh, with uh, Indigenous, non-Indigenous Australians, there's perhaps something that is very deep and good and meaningful that we can bring to that as Christians. Uh, But this is an interesting thing, David. It almost appears as though uh, there are those who are driving the referendum who have put reconciliation on hold with the assumption that uh, after a vote, uh, everything will just go back to normal and a reconciliation process continues. I wonder if you think uh, these things are possible. Yeah, I think um, the, the problem with the reconciliation in terms of this vote is... I remember um, I've been involved in two referendums before in the UK. One, the Scottish independence referendum, which, as you can imagine, was quite fiery. Uh, and the other is uh, the, the Brexit referendum, which was also pretty fiery, to be honest. And you found that people got really involved, which was great, but they got really worked up. And the, the way I'd put it is they, they, they almost supported their political position like they would support their football team. Um, you know, like fanatical. You know, I, I once dared to uh, criticise AFL. I'll never do that again. I want to live in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, 
I, you know, there's a passion involved. And I think it becomes a passion with this. And I think what happens is, you know, the, the other thing that's made it very difficult here is the uh, acceptance or the infiltration of American culture war style identity politics. So people immediately push you to the extreme. So if you're for the voice, then, you know, you're a communist sympathizer or something. If you're against the voice, you're a racist or stupid or something. And it immediately ups the ante when you start calling names and so on. And I think there's that in terms of the immediate where there needs to be reconciliation. But there are also wider issues of historical reconciliation with indigenous people and then all the confusion, um, what it all means. So for me, you can look at each of these individual parts, but the reality is we will never have true reconciliation between people of all different races and backgrounds and so on without the gospel. Um, and, you know, I think as a church, maybe we're missing a trick here here because Paul in Ephesians talks about Christ bringing down the dividing wall of partition and he was talking about the wall of partition between Jew and Gentile. Um, I think the dividing wall of partition, if there is one, because there, it's, it's incredibly mixed up, I think, but where there are walls, if you like, they will only be brought down by Christ. And I think we can all agree uh, there are some extra walls uh, with the current reconciliation, uh, with the current uh, referendum debate. Uh, just a little note here, uh, you might have moved something in your microphone there, um, just as oh. uh, as we set up the next uh, next uh, thought or two, just if there's anything you can move there, I think there's something at your end. Uh, but you mentioned that you went through the Brexit uh referendum in the UK and I think people probably thought the same thing everyone will just get take a side and then after it all happens everyone will be back on but there is a certain sense in which um, I know you feel that uh, from the UK experience uh, what has resulted at the end of that is a certain level of bitterness coming perhaps even from both sides any thoughts here yeah I think so um uh, are, you, are you able to hear me okay, by the way? I, I can hear you okay. Yeah, yeah, we, we had a little, it was a little up yeah, and down I, there just before. Okay. Um, so um, here, my, here's my concern. So there's a wonderful book which spoke about the somewheres and the anywheres, the, a division within society, where there were people who identified with a particular area or group or whatever, and then there were the people who were the anywheres, you know, who, you know, one, one, one year they'll have a job in Melbourne and then another year they might go to Europe and then, you know, and that division between somewheres and anywheres and the anywheres tended to be people who had more money, uh, better connections, things like that. And I, I think we saw that division in the U S as well with Trump Clinton. I think, I think you see it in other areas of Europe just now. And my fear is that you may see it in Australia and, it, it's a, it's a for me it's actually a tragedy that the voice the voice was meant was meant we can't, we keep getting told it's about unity and I don't think I've seen anything so divisive in Australia. Um, in, in that sense, it is a bit like Brexit, and I hope that our politicians and our media and the church will have uh, the maturity and the willingness to. Uh, 
enable people to disagree with one another without hating one another and without without putting you into camps. So you've got reconciliation, and in one camp you've you've got the ones that say that reconciliation is about the pursuit of peace and harmony. Uh, then some are arguing, perhaps in another camp, that division uh, created by a referendum debate actually is a part of the process of reconciliation. Uh, how do you make sense of uh, you know two sides there, David? Oh, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, yes, you could argue Jesus said he came to bring division, not peace at one point, because he was talking about when the gospel is proclaimed, sometimes as a divisive reaction to it. But I don't think that creating division based on racial grounds or political grounds is is part of reconciliation at all. I think part of reconciliation is so I I remember uh, being at an indigenous church service and uh there was a welcome to country and one of the elders stood up and I've never heard anything like it because it was the most unusual welcome to country I've ever had. It was, it was a prayer and, you know, it, it thanked God for the land and for the people and so on. But then it also went, the prayer also went on to say, we thank you for bringing the white people to us to tell us the gospel. <laughs> we asked that we'd be reconciled with them. And I just thought it was beautiful. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, historical resentments, historical injustices. I mean, they may even be well-based. That's not the issue. As Christians, we have to overcome that. I remember once seeing a Croatian and a a Bosnian Serb sitting down at a table praying together at a Christian conference, and I just thought that was a wonderful example of reconciliation. There was a time when they would have both been dropping bombs on each other, and here they were praying together as brothers. And I honestly think that's the only solution I can think of uh, to divisions, not just indigenous, you know, non-indigenous divisions, but the many divisions that occur within society um, and within homes and elsewhere. The only basis and hope for reconciliation is the great reconciler, Christ. So on the other side, uh, sitting down with one another in prayer, uh, it's only the church that will pursue such a uh, a way of moving towards and uh, moving forward in reconciliation. It does sound like that if the nation is divided uh, on racial grounds, it sounds like a whole new effort is going to be needed uh, to begin a new process of reconciliation. Uh, is is that even right to be thinking of a new process? I mean, picking up from where we left off, uh, or a new process? Is there going to be need a? Do we need a, a whole new rethink on this? Do you think? Well, to some extent, yes, except in the church, we should have that anyway. So, for example, if if we had a church where indigenous people weren't welcome, that would be horrendous. That would be awful. Um, the, the church, one of the great things about the church, I remember my church back in Scotland. One of the great apologetics for the gospel is people would come in and they would see people from 20 different nationalities. And I think, um, you know, there can be a tendency for people who are in a better off position to be quite patronizing to others. I think in the Christian church, we regard each of us as equals. Uh, You know, we're equal in God's eyes. And I think when people see that demonstrated, it's a very powerful testimony. I mean, I have an indigenous friend and he and I, sometimes we go out for a walk in Newtown and um, we discuss things and, 
you know, we've got to a stage in our relationship where I don't really think of him as indigenous. And I, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't think he particularly thinks of me as white. We just get on. We're just brothers in the Lord. And, you know, sometimes people need to see that. Um, and I think whatever happens after this, you know, that one of the big problems in some parts of the indigenous community and in other communities as well, but particularly is, is deprivation and uh, some of the issues involved with all of that. And, you know, looking to provide, there's some wonderful Christian organizations doing great work amongst indigenous people. And I think we should encourage and we should support that. Um, I, to be honest, at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters what our opinion on the on the voice or what the, the referendum is. I don't think either way it's going to really make that much difference to most people. And but what will make a difference is caring for people. So from the dimension, looking at uh, relations between Indigenous and non-Indigenous in Australia, uh, uh, you know, we might be thinking there could be a racially divided future, no matter, as you say, no matter whether there is a yes or a no, uh, the big dimension of reconciliation, that's challenging. And so the church, uh, the biblical understanding that a Christian might have, uh, that there is, uh, you know, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, neither Jew nor Greek, out of Galatians chapter 3, this this uh, fact that we're all one in Christ Jesus, that has to be a recipe, doesn't it, that somehow or other needs to rise to the surface so that people recognise that this message that Christians have of reconciliation uh, is the most powerful reconciliation message there is to be had. Yes, I mean, I think there's there's maybe a subtle distinction here. I think bringing in the race categories and so on, I think that is more and more, uh, as I said, uh, a reflection of the influence of American politics, I think the division here is not going to be so much on racial lines, but on political lines. And what I mean by that is this. The vast majority of indigenous people are mixed race. You know, so for, so for, exa- for example, Jacinta Price, who's had a big part in this referendum. I mean, she's married to uh, a Scotsman, you know, uh, you know, what are her children? Are they Scottish Australians? Are they, you know, indigenous Australians? And I think her attitude is actually pretty spot on. They're just Australians, you know. And I, and I think that's where we have to come in. For me, the divide is much more likely to be along class lines and along, along political lines uh, on, on this. And on any other. A uh, little bit of breaking up there, the Dave. We must really... Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm saying we want people to be able to come to our political views. Uh, so uh, there is a political division that has developed during this referendum debate, and somehow or other we have to be able to grapple with that, uh, process that in our own thoughts, and, and come down to uh, the idea that when we are talking about being Australians... We're not politically divided and not racially divided, but we need to be able to say we are all Australians together. And whether the Constitution says that, and uh, so many will maintain that's what the Constitution actually creates for us, and that may change uh, if there is uh, one way or another, uh, there is a certain sense in which 
in our own hearts and minds as Christian believers and perhaps even for those who are involved in churches who are influencing communities and there might be indigenous people in those communities, we need to have, in some sense, the mind of Christ here and some biblical guidance uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, my argument would be that in a church, in particular in an area, you need to look out for the poor and others in your area. If you're in an area with a considerable number of indigenous people, you may find that a, con- a considerable number of them are in that category as well. But I, I just think in the church, we must not divide according to race or class or politics. And that we should be, a kind, if you like, a shining light of what it's like to have people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different classes, uh, caring for and serving one another. And that's where I think the church's message of reconciliation is incredibly powerful. And so in whatever is happening now, uh, over this week and a half that's still to come, and no doubt there'll be nasty things perhaps said on both sides, uh, no matter what the outcome is, when you recognise that there has been division in our community and there has been some level of conflict, uh, as the Christian believer, you have to see that even as an opportunity, uh, the opportunity to reset, uh, reevaluate, and uh, move forward, and perhaps with uh, a biblical idea of reconciliation. Yeah, you know, there's a wonderful film by Clint Eastwood called Gran Torino, I don't know if you know it, but um, uh, the kind of the the premise of the story, and I I would encourage people to watch it. It does have a fair bit of bad language, but the premise of the story is this old, grisly, white U.S. veteran is in an area which has largely uh, been repopulated by uh, Cambodian and um, various other Asian groups. And he's very racist towards them at one level uh, in terms of his language. His family think his language is terrible, but they won't have anything to do with him. They've moved out, his his children and grandchildren. And he ends up, the, the story, he ends up basically, although that was his attitude, he ends up, you know, sacrificing himself for them. And uh, it's a tremendous, tremendous picture and a tremendous story. Uh, and I think that we should be living that story out every single day, that... Uh, I remember being in, a, in an area of West Sydney. It was quite funny. I was doing some door-to-door work, and I knocked on a number of uh, Greek doors, and I knocked on a number of Macedonian doors. And <laughs> it was funny because the Greeks said, oh, yes, we're all Christians together. We're all going to heaven apart from the Macedonians. And the Macedonians said, yeah, we're all Christians together apart from the Greeks. <laughs> and I thought, okay, we've got some reconciliation work to be done here. Yeah. you know. And I just think that that, that, that is... You know, it's got to be our 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 attitude. I mean, I was uh, talking to someone recently, and they said something like, oh, "I just I like Indian people. I just don't like Chinese people." And they said, "No, no, you can't do that. You cannot speak like that. You cannot lump people together." And we have to, you know, it's like me as a Scotsman saying, "I don't like English people." Well, that would be ridiculous. My father's English, you know, and and I think Christians need to exemplify that because we do not take our ultimate identity from our race, from our culture, from our class, from our politics. We take our ultimate identity from Christ, and Christ tells us we are to love for and care even for our enemies. Well, wonderful insights, David Robertson. And let me point listeners to connect with you. You're the director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. Ask.org.au. 
ask.org.au. It is about evangelism. Uh, You do like to answer the tricky questions that people might have on all different levels. Uh, David, uh, you're also a writer for newspapers and magazines. You've authored a number of books. Your latest book is called Seek. And so for connecting with David Robertson, ask.org.au. David, thanks so much for another great insight again today on 2020. Good to be with you. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.